Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this special 4th of July weekend. We trust you and your family had a wonderful time celebrating our nation's 244th birthday. What an amazing honor and privilege it is to live here in the United States of America. You know, a few nights ago, our community where Michelle and I live had a early 4th of July parade and it ended with a fireworks display. And so the fireworks were supposed to go off approximately 9 p.m. that night night. And so my wife, uh, Michelle, and I took our little nine-month-old puppy, our little Shizu, and uh, we put her collar and leash on. And we took a little walk a few blocks away where the fireworks display was going to be taking place. And we really didn't even know how many people would be out. And as we got closer to the action, there were literally thousands of people just all over the community, people you know, in their lawn chairs and waiting for that special moment for the, for the fireworks to go off. Well, I was there with a friend and we were engaged in a conversation and I was not paying attention to the time. And all of a sudden, I mean, you heard the first crack of the firework go off. And as it startled me and it really startled all of us, the the one that it startled the most was our little puppy, our little dog. Bougie is her name. And so Michelle reached down to grab her. And as she did so, it was as though our little dog, Bougie, did a Houdini act. She literally escaped from her collar and leash and she took off running. And we were there near a busy street. She ran across the street and it was very busy. Cars were going back and forth. And so, as you can imagine, I just took off running after her. And I've never seen a dog run so fast in all my life. She was heading back toward our home, but she was going down the sidewalk. And as I was running as fast as I could, trying to catch up with her, she crossed the street. And then she went to the other side, down the sidewalk, headed for our street. And as I was passing people, people kept saying, she's going that way. She's going that way. Well, finally, I saw her make the turn on our street and she was headed for our house. And so as I made the turn myself, some of my neighbors saw Bougie and she said, she's going home, she's going home. And so after I finally arrived, I was expecting Bougie to be there at the front doorstep, but she was missing. And what had happened is she had actually gone to the other side near our back gate and she was hiding under a tree. She was completely startled. So after I picked her up and tried to calm her down, we went inside the house and after after a few moments of just comforting her, I finally put her on the ground and she took off running and she slid under the couch. And for the next two hours, she remained under the couch, totally terrified. She ran for her life that night. You know, and I was thinking to myself when all of the dust settled that night, you know, in many ways, most of us, if not all of us, respond with either a flight or a fight response when it comes to threats or perhaps 
perceived attacks in our life. And when you think about it, really since the beginning of 2020, it's as though we have encountered one firecracker after another as far as the chain of events that have impacted our nation and in many ways has struck fear and uncertainty in many of our lives. For example, the first firecracker started, of course, with the coronavirus, and then that led to an economic recession, and then the racial injustice and division that we've encountered to rioting and protest to the political turmoil that we still are dealing with in our nation's capital today. And so when you think about it, in light of everything going on, let me ask you a question, and I want you to answer this question from a spiritual perspective. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you claim to be a Christian, I want to ask you this ask you this question. And my question is, when it comes to everything that's taking place in our world today, especially as it has affected your own personal life, what has your response been? Have you responded in fight or flight? In other words, have you stood your ground and have you stood firm in your faith or have you fled like our little dog Bougie who ran for her life? Have you been paralyzed and frozen in fear or perhaps have you reached a place of maybe just indifference or or maybe just a sense of apathy towards everything going on? Well, here's the thing that we need to realize and that is this, now more than ever, our nation needs a touch of God. Now more than ever, our nation needs to turn our hearts back to God. The people of our nation need to make amends, not only with God, but with one another. Now more than ever, we need forgiveness. Listen, we need reconciliation. We need healing. We need peace. But those things, listen, can only happen when people get their hearts right with God and we get our hearts right with one another. I love what the great Billy Graham once said. He said, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. And there's no question about it. We need to stand firm as brothers and sisters in Christ, as a body of believers. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to stand firm now more than ever and not flight, not flee from the attacks and from all the negativity and all the threats that are coming against us that is eroding away of our biblical values and Christian principles and the freedom and the independence that this great nation was founded upon. I believe now more than ever is our opportunity to stand firm in our faith and to fight for the soul of our nation. Why? Because eternity literally is hanging in the balance. And so what I want to do for a few moments today is I want to share with you a powerful story in the book of Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 17, there's an amazing miracle in many ways that that takes place. Now, the people of Israel had been literally... um, 
um, you know, wandering there in the desert, and they had reached the place called uh, Rephidim. And in this place, it was very dry, and, and of course, they had been walking and wandering for quite some time, and they became very thirsty. As a matter of fact, they began to complain and gripe up to Moses, their leader, because they were so thirsty. And so Moses took his rod, the staff, and he struck the rock, and water came gushing out, and it became that miracle that once again they witnessed with their very own eyes related to the miracle that God provided so that their thirst could be quenched with the water. And so after this took place, there was a group, these basically savages, if you will, the Amaleks that had snuck up upon the Israelites. And and as a result, they challenged them to a war. And so in this moment, we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. And here's what it says. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek came to fight against them. Moses commanded Joshua, call the Israelites to arms and fight the army of Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded. He led his men out to fight the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff with his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites gained the upper hand. Moses' arms finally became too tired to hold up the staff any longer. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side, holding up his hands until sunset. And as a result, Joshua and his troops were able to crush the army of Amalek. Then the Lord instructed Moses, write this down as a permanent record and announce it to Joshua. I will blot out every trace of Amalek from under heaven. So Moses built an altar there and called it, the Lord is my banner, he said. And they dared, they they have dared to raise their fight. They have, I'm sorry, they have dared to raise their fight against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. There are three things that I want to talk about for just a moment as it relates to this incredible story and really victory over the Amalekites. And the reason why this was such a victorious moment for the Israelites is because the, the Amalek army, they were basically savages. In other words, These individuals, they found entertainment by brutally killing people and taking off with all of their goods. And so with that in mind, they were large, they were experienced warriors, and in many ways, the Israelites really had no ability on the the natural level to really take on, let alone defeat the Amaleks. But obviously, Moses wasn't focused on the obstacle, nor was he focused on how big and vast and experienced the giants were of that army, but instead he focused on the bigness and the power of his God. So there are three things that I want us to learn. And the first is this, we need to do what Moses did, and that is we need to rise up to pray. 
You see, when the Amaleks came up against the Israelites, here's the thing that we need to understand. You see, the Israelites could have fled. Remember that fight or flight response that often, you know, we, 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 we choose when it comes to feeling threatened or feeling under attack? Well, in this case, Moses decided that he was going to stand firm and he was going to call the, the Israelites, he called it to a call to arms. In other words, he was going to mobilize the people of Israel to take on the, Amalek, the Amalekites. And so in verse nine, he says, tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Now, here's the thing I want us to focus on for just a moment. Why did Moses go to the top of the hill with the staff or the rod that was that was used as he held it high towards God? In other words, why did he go to the top of the mountain to watch, if you will, from an elevated perspective rather than stay down with the rest of the army. Well, I believe there are several reasons for that. And first and foremost, we need to understand that the staff that Moses used and held in his hand was, was, was something that had already been used to perform tremendous miracles. In fact, God told Moses to use his staff specifically to perform some miracles. Remember when he stood before Pharaoh and that staff literally turned into a snake? Remember when he turned the, the Nile River into a river of blood? And in that moment when he struck the rock there in, in Rephidim, what happened? The water had gushed out. So the Israelites had already associated the staff that Moses held and used in his hand to also be symbolic of the power and the very presence of God. So what did Moses do? He went to the top of the hillside. And what did he do? He looked out over the army. And I believe what he saw is he witnessed that fat, that fight and that showdown. He watched it through the eyes of a spiritual perspective. In other words, he saw the people of Israel rise up and go against the Amalekites through spiritual eyes, because Moses, as long as he held the staff and the rod of God towards heaven, remember Moses was the representative between God and the people of Israel. So Moses is standing there with the rod of God held towards God, toward heaven, representing the power and the presence of God. And what's, what's so powerful about that is that he was able to watch this battle from a unique elevated perspective because he was watching it through the eyes of God. Now, I believe with all of my heart, when you look at all of the challenges and the things that are coming against us in our nation, that are affecting you in your personal life, affecting you in your family, and I don't care whether it's your finances, your job situation, maybe your health, you know, there could be all kinds of things. But here's the question. We have to know that when all of these things come against us, we have to understand that we are truly fighting a spiritual battle. And we have to see it from a spiritual perspective. So my question is, do you see everything going on? When you see the headline news, when you see what's taking place, if you read you know, the, the news, whether it's through the internet or a newspaper or whatever it is, do you see things and are you listening to things with spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear to be able to fully understand what it is that God is trying to do?
What message is God trying to communicate? And what is our response? Is it fight or flight? Because here's the thing we need to realize. I think we need to remind ourselves that everything that is taking place in our nation today, and I truly believe this, when it comes to the spiritual and the moral values and principles and the freedoms that God wants us to have and to ultimately live out as his believers to shine the light in the midst of the darkness, hey, he wants us to stand firm and fight a spiritual battle that's worth fighting for. Why? Because we are fighting against a real spiritual enemy. His name is Satan, who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible says it this way in 1 Peter 5, 8, be careful and watch watch out for attacks from the devil. Your great enemy, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So why is it so important that every day when we wake up, we rise up and pray? Let me tell you the reason why. Because we have a real opposition. We have a real enemy that's out to do everything he can to defeat you, to discourage you, to distract you, to intimidate you. He wants to do everything he can to ultimately take you and your family out. And you know what your rod, your staff is? Let me tell you what it is. It is the word of God. So when we rise up and pray, here's what we're doing. We're being on the offense. We're taking more ground. We are actually standing firm in our faith, and we're standing on the word of God, which is God's revelation to us. It represents his power and his presence in our lives. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, and in fact, I would encourage you just to read the whole chapter of Ephesians chapter 6, because it talks about the importance of putting on the full armor of God. Why? Because when we go out into the world, when we go to our jobs, when we go into places of, you know, of, of where, where people are, we have to understand that once again, the enemy is going to do everything he can to attack us spiritually in all levels. And that's the reason why the scripture says, be strong with the Lord's mighty power and put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world and against the wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. The truth of the matter is, is that now more than ever, we are living in a time of spiritual and moral darkness. And it's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the people of God, people like you and me, to shine our light boldly and beautifully and radiantly now more than ever. As a matter of fact, listen, light shines the brightest in the darkest of times and places. And so now is the time for us to rise up and pray. Now is the time to fight, not flight, but to advance and to move forward and to stand firm in our faith. And the best way to lead the way is by rising up to pray. The second thing that we learn through this story in Exodus chapter, uh, Exodus chapter 17 is also that we need to rally others to stand with us in prayer. In other words, we need to make sure that we surround ourselves with other people who are unified, who are locked arms with us, who are standing by our side as we fight 
the spiritual battles that we're facing. In fact, in verses 12 and 13 there in Exodus uh, 17, Moses' arms, the Bible says, finally became too tired to hold up the staff any longer. So Aaron and and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side, holding up his hands until sunset. And as a result, Joshua and his troops were able to crush the army of Amalek. Notice what happened. Listen, Moses did not instruct Joshua as an individual, nor did he pick any other person and single them out to go fight by themselves. No, what did he do? He called the entire Israelite army together and he mobilized them and sent them out to fight the enemy, the Amaleks. Now, here's the thing. What you got to understand is the reason why he sent them out in a mass number is because there's power in numbers. They needed to come together and unify as an army and to strategically, strategically take out the opposition. That's the reason why Christianity, are you listening, is not a solo sport. Listen, we can sit at home and, you know, we can watch different preachers on, you know, different programs and we can scan the Internet and social media and get little sound bites and, you know, have kind of a consumer mindset of just kind of picking and choosing, you know, oh, we like this preacher and we like this church and we like that group. But here's the thing. God is called the capital C church to come together. God has called believers to collectively come together as a spiritual family, united together as one body. And here's what God wants us to do. God wants us to connect with our local family, the local body of believers, the people in your neighborhood, in your community, your local church. Listen, God wants all of us to come together to do what? To unify ourselves so that we can lift our voices in prayer and we can support one another during our most difficult challenges in life. Now, here's the reason why that's so important, because the Bible says it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 12, a person standing alone can be easily attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer three or even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Like I said a few moments ago, there is strength in numbers. Whatever you do, you don't want to go through life alone. God never meant for you to do life alone. You need other people in your life. You need people who will stand with you, who will support you like Aaron and Ur did with Moses. When his arms got tired, when the rod of God began to get lower, what happened? Well, the the Amalekites began to take more ground. But as soon as Moses held up his arms and he continued to keep the rod of God in the air, what took place? The Israelites began to turn the tide. They They began to defeat. They began to have more of the greater advantage to take on more and more ground. And that's exactly what the support system of our lives will do. And when we have people that are standing with us and are praying for us, that are doing life with us. Why? Because like I said, there is strength in numbers and we need all the help and the support. We need all the reinforcements that we can get. If we're going to fight the spiritual battles 
that we have to face each and every day. Listen, the enemy doesn't play games. <laughs> He's not joking around. We see it on the headlines now more than ever. I mean, it is bold in our face. There is a sense of lawlessness, outright disrespect for God, for authority. There is a, listen, there is an evil spirit that is waging war for the souls of people just like you and me. We got to understand we can't fight the battle by ourselves. We need to surround ourselves with like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ who will rise with us and pray and then will stand with us in our darkest hours and in our greatest times of need. We need to advance. We need to support one another and keep each other's arms raised. Why? So that we can take more and more ground for the glory of God. And so with that in mind, there's a third principle that I want us to understand as it relates to this story. And that is we need to remember to claim victory that is already ours. Listen, when we pray, you need to be reminded that we are not praying, okay, for victory. No, we are praying from a place of victory. I love what the scripture says in Romans chapter 8 verse 31. If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who then could ever stand against us? Listen, God is for us. He is with us and he's on our side. Hey, you plus God already equals a majority. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And because God is with us and he is for us, listen, we have the ability to live each and every day victoriously because of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ arose from the grave, that same power that rose him out of that grave as believers in Christ lives inside of us. So therefore, we have the power, just like Moses when he held up the rod of God that represented the power and the presence of God. Well, we have the presence of God through the Holy Spirit that resides in our lives. And we have the power of God, the resurrection power and the power of God's word activated in every area of our life when we surrender and we live lives in obedience as we stay connected to the ultimate power source, which is the word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. And so therefore we can take, listen, we can take ground each and every day when we stand firm in confidence, knowing that God is with us and he is for us and he's going to help us when the daily spiritual battles that we face. In Psalm 20, verses five through eight, I love what King David said. He said, may we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. Now this I know, the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord, our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. I love that. I love the fact that because Jesus Christ overcame the world, we too can overcome whatever trials, whatever attacks, whatever threats, whatever challenges that come our way. Why? Because once again, the victory is already ours. You know, there's a lot of controversy that surrounds the flag. And I'll just tell you my own personal conviction. It breaks my heart when I see 
people that destroy and basically devalue the American flag. You know, people have literally lost their lives and have spilt their blood for the freedoms that we enjoy. The very fact that we can actually have church and be able to exercise our faith in a nation like we live in is an incredible gift. And that gift literally was given to us because of the sacrifices of so many people. But you know what a flag represents? It represents really two things. Number one, it represents an identity. When you think about you know, each of the different nations around the world, all of them pretty much have a flag, and those flags represent a group of people that are identified with that specific country. But another thing it does, it also unifies people. And now more than ever, it seems like our nation, rather than being unified, is divided. But here's what you need to understand. When we come under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, when he, when Jesus, King Jesus becomes our flag, becomes our identity of victory, when we are unified and we come together collectively, it is symbolic of the victory of the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the good news of Jesus Christ. So therefore, our identity is found in him. And therefore, as a body of believers, we are unified together. Why? Because we are fighting for the spiritual soul of our nation and more importantly, for the souls of men and women, boys and girls. And the best thing that we can share with them is the hope and the forgiveness and the peace that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't care what we've done in the past. I don't care what kind of mistakes we've made. Obviously, as a nation, we're guilty of many sins. In fact, the whole world, the Bible says in Romans 3, will one day stand guilty before God. We all deserve death. We all deserve to be condemned. We all deserve to be quite blunt and frank with you, to be condemned to a place called hell, separated from God forever. That's what we deserve. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. In other words, what we actually should earn and get as a result of our sin and disobedience is death and ultimate eternal separation. But I love what Romans 6.23 says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the good news is, is this, because Jesus died and because he arose again, we can have forgiveness. We can have peace in our hearts, knowing that our sin has been forgiven, that our past has been erased, that we can live in confidence and victory in the moment. And we can have a hope and a future that God has for us, not just in this life, but even for all eternity. In other words, the home that we have or the place that we call home right now is just a temporary place. Everything going on in our world right now that we have uh, maybe been consumed with, to be honest with you, is temporal. It's all going to go away. It's all going to vanish. Everything one day will disappear. But we need to understand that we're not living for the temporal. The Bible says we're to be in the world, but not of the world. Therefore, we got to live our lives not for the temporal, but for the eternal. And we need to hold up that flag, the flag of the Lord Jesus Christ, our victor, our banner that represents 
not only who we are in Christ, but represents the victory that we can live each and every day because of what Jesus did for you and me. What an incredible opportunity we have to share that message of hope, that message of salvation and forgiveness and peace and reconciliation and complete restoration in people's lives. Listen, God wants us to be in the business of reconciling people and reconciling them back to God. And when we do that, that's when I believe we ultimately will win the battle when it comes to reaching a world that's in desperate need with the hope of Jesus Christ. So God wants us to advance. He wants us to stand firm, to to rise up in prayer and stand firm in faith. He he wants us to come alongside one another and support and encourage one another and be unified so that we can reinforce everything that we need. Why? Because there's strength in numbers. But he wants us to stand boldly and proudly under the banner of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the victory that is already ours. I want you, if you would, to bow your heads and your hearts in a moment of prayer. And as we bow our heads and our hearts in prayer, I just want to invite you, if you're a believer, if you're watching this service right now, and maybe you're guilty of just drifting, maybe that fight or flight mindset or mentality, you know, that's very real. Maybe you've been guilty of maybe fleeing. Maybe you've kind of run into a place of indifference or apathy or maybe anger, maybe resentment, bitterness because of everything going on. Maybe you've been hurt and maybe you've been um, in many ways kind of playing the role of the victim. You've been pointing the blame at other people and circumstances. Maybe you're in many ways at a place of feeling unhappy, discontent, Can I just say, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And maybe what you need is to get your joy back so you can get your strength back, get your confidence back, get your hopes back. And that begins by simply making things right between you and God. And so right there in your own heart, I just want to encourage you to pray and ask God to forgive you. Pray and ask God to restore to your heart the joy of your salvation. Pray and ask God to help you to see once again with spiritual eyes, to open up the eyes of your heart so you can truly see things from God's perspective. Maybe some of you that are watching today, maybe you're the one who feels in many ways you're trapped because of things in your past. Maybe you feel stuck in the moment because, you know what, you've tried everything to fill a void in your life, but yet you haven't been successful. And maybe what's missing in your life is a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And if that's your need today, I want to invite you once and for all just to, there's another flag and it's a white flag, you know, and in battle, what happens a lot of times is they hold up a white flag and what does it represent? It represents surrender. And maybe that's what you need to do is just hold up the white flag of surrender to God and say, God, I'm surrendering my life. I'm surrendering everything I have and everything I am to you. And just simply give your life over to him. The Bible says, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And right where you are, you can call upon Jesus, the one who was raised back to life so that you can have true forgiveness and salvation and eternal life in heaven. You can pray something like this. Just pray this prayer in your heart. Just say, dear God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. 
And I turn from my sin today. And today I believe in my heart that you died on the cross and you rose again. And today by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer just then and in your heart you meant it, I want you to do me a huge favor because you just became a member of the family of God. And I want to congratulate you. Would you do me a favor? Would you right now just text me on that number on the screen? If you're watching on Facebook, you can DM me. I just want to know that you prayed that prayer. It would mean the world to me to know that you just invited Jesus Christ into your life. And all you have to do is just DM me or text that number. It'll shoot you back a little form. And if you take just a moment and complete that form and then send it back to us, I'll send you a digital download. It's just a free little booklet that I promise you will help get your faith on the right track. It's called Rethinking Life Every Day. It's a little 30-day reading plan that you can start reading your Bible. But here's the thing. You got to text me. You got to fill out that form. You got to send it back in order to get that. And I promise you, if you'll do that, listen, your life will begin to take on new meaning and new purpose. Why? Because God has an incredible plan and he has an amazing purpose for your life. And together, we want to help you accomplish everything that God has in store for your life and for your home, your family, your marriage, and your future. So together, listen, we are better together. We need one another. And so let's stand firm in faith today and let's move forward and advance and let's wave that flag of victory because victory is truly ours. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.